0: You are listening to Scoop B Radio. What's going
2: on? I hope wherever you're listening from, you and your loved ones are safe during this COVID-19 period. Hey, this is the producer of Scoop B Radio, DJ Menio. I would just like to take the time out to give a big thanks for the listeners to the pod. We did record numbers last month. So on behalf of Scoop and myself, thank you for the four years of supporting Brandon on this media journey. If you have a few minutes to spare, please fill out a short listener survey. Go to scoopyradio.com/poll. You can also share your opinions about the show so we know what works and what we can do better. That's scoopyradio.com/poll. S-C-O-O-P. The letter B. R-A-D-I-O. dot com slash p-o-l-l. Don't worry if you didn't catch any of that. The link will be in the description.
1: You're listening to Scoopy Radio with Brandon Robinson. And we are welcome to the scoopy show, Scoopy Radio. Since I've had him. But uh, welcome to the show, Brandon Scoop B Robinson, NBA insider writer extraordinaire. How are you doing this morning, sir? Man,
2: I'm just uh, working hard between Scoop B Radio, my podcast, and you know now a senior writer at Heavy.com. So just making it. I've been working hard and doing my thing. How's everything on your end?
1: Matt, it's an unprecedented time for us as content creators because we we are flexing more and trying to get into to more different um, venues to, to, to continue to create content. How are you adjusting during this period of, of not having uh, the normal level of activity as you would?
2: Honestly, my schedule hasn't changed. Um, I've been working from home. Um, the only difference is I think this ties into, um, you know, relationships. I think a lot of it is just scheduling. Um, you know, the podcast, the numbers have gone up because of the, the magnitude of the guests. So, you know, Shaq and Stephon Marbury, Kenny Anderson, and, uh, and a few other people, a lot of other people have come on the podcast and, you know, have said some things that, you know, guys are more available to be, you know, via text message or, you know, answering their phones just because everybody's home during the pandemic. So, um, I think that it's, it's actually been a challenge in a good way, uh, you know, just because, uh, it's almost like the guy at school that, 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 that the girls like, and <laughs> you, you pick it and choose who you want to go out of the date with. But I, I also think it's just being responsible with your content, but also um, telling stories that you that people really want to hear. Like Jack was on the pod. We talked about him rapping with Biggie and rapping with, you know, and, and stories of being in the studio, not just talking about the Lakers, the Clippers, and that mm-hmm. whole gamut with, with Charles Barkley, et cetera.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I've discovered that too and just in reaching out that we can get more in-depth now in understanding how players are fully rounded individuals. They like social media Mm -hmm. because of that and just that access that they're giving us now to relay to their fans that they are people just like them.
2: I agree. We're on the same page, good brother.
1: Yeah, I think humanizing... The athlete, especially in times like this where folks are so interested in just in getting the games back, has become critical. When we look at the NBA in particular, these three issues that, that are at the forefront, the bubble itself, uh, coronavirus, and uh, social activism. Can you just talk about how players are going about this discussion and um you know, does the NBA. It's, it still doesn't feel like the season is in jeopardy. It's going to happen, but is there a feeling that there will be a significant number of players who don't make the trip?
2: Yeah, I mean, even Scooby before all of the Radio. things that went on with the, the Zoom meeting with Kyrie and 200 other NBA players, um, there have been players that have, were apprehensive and maybe just not been public about it because of the health concern. Um, this is even pre George Floyd, uh, with all due respect. Um, I, I think that. The issue with health concerns, you look at a pandemic that it's a silent killer and um, Florida, whose numbers are, are, are raising daily uh, as it relates to just uh, people um, getting more sick. You know, I remember, what was it, April or May, where everybody just said Florida would be the place or the destination to go because people, it's like a, it's a savior, you know. And then now the numbers are up right before a month, right before you know, players are they are they're looking for players to report to, you know, Orlando for this particular bubble. Or, so I, I think there's concern there. And then George Floyd came along, and then Kyrie Irving started speaking up. So you asked about the, the apprehension. Guys like Carmelo Anthony and, you know, Daniel Lillard were having these conversations even before it became popular last week based upon dialogue with Kyrie Irving. Um, you know, Kyrie Irving has been quoted as saying, "I don't support going into Orlando." Uh, whether we want to admit it or not, we are targeted uh, as as African Americans. Um, and, and then you have Dwight Howard kind of co-signing that notion, saying, "I would love nothing more than to win my very first NBA championship." So, you know, there's a lot of things being said there. Now, come to the point. I'm almost like Colin Kaepernick, where people said, "Well, is it the flag, or is it, the, or is it the kneeling? Which is it?" Um, And so, you know, now you bait the question. um, Athletes have been activists while playing since the sixties and seventies. Can they play and can they also use their platforms to speak up? That's the million dollar question.
1: It seems that media coverage in this has focused on Kyrie, the person much rather than what he's talking about here. Um, And like you said, Guys like Carmelo Anthony, who a lot of the players respect in this regard, have been particularly attached to the younger NBA players in making sure that they get their concerns heard. Why is the focus just on Kyrie Irving and not the fact that there are at least half the players in the league who have significant concerns? Well, I think you have to look at a situation like this. So
2: um, there is a gap between... Like the players drafted in 03, 04, 05, and they say the the, the, the players drafted in the next decade. So, for example, Kyrie's the VP, Chris Paul is the president. Um, the collective bargaining agreement has a lot to do with this as well. Uh, when you look at the last collective bargaining agreement, it was very focused on money for guys. Uh, you know, you look at situations like... Um, shared revenue between the, right. the the owners and the players then you look at like the big contracts cuz Paul is like what 34 35 and still getting or four, a four year payday off of his last contract and then the mid levels uh are, are kind of just changed in that process so you're you're in some ways an NBA talk is the have versus the have not so you got Kyrie representing the generation who is more vocal about um what play, about social issues and Chris Paul and LeBron James and others just want to get paid, but they still want to do it in a schematic way. Um, so I think that's, that's the forefront, but I also think that it surprised so many OG players that Kyrie had so much clout in the sense of your know, Kendrick Perkins say he's popular, but is he respected? Um, and so the jury's still out on that. But when you look at the consumer, the young kids are wearing his sneakers. Uh, just like they're wearing KDs, they're not saying, "Hey, let me get the new Chris Pauls. Some kids still want to buy the LeBron, but I think Kyrie has been vocal over the last few years about a lot of different things. He's also a quiet assassin, you know. And I think people use the fact that he's hurt, so why does he care? As a as a bargaining chip, but I think it's so much bigger than just that. But that doesn't mean if Kyrie's making a vocal uh, a statement about things, that's cool because. You know, this issue of, of George Floyd and, and, and police brutality and more, 80 to 90 percent of the NBA is African-American. So, you know, you do have to encourage them to be vocal and active. But, you know, some may argue that they can do that and play. Um, my only issue personally um, was the article that was written last week by uh, ESPN's Adrian Rosenowski using the word disruptor. Um, yes. I know that Kyrie, uh, I'm told, does not like that term and, and how he's being... Characterized, um you know, and and in conversation with those in the know, um, you know, he was very annoyed and very flustered by that. But, you know, w- woes like many other NBA p- people, fixtures, you know, they depend on the game of basketball to be played to earn a paycheck. So I, I can understand both sides of the equation. But you know, the focus is the bubble in July, uh, and you know, we'll see what happens.
1: When we talk about gameplay. Um, do you have concerns about, A, the way the format is set up, and B, just the level of gameplay we'll get in those eight games, particularly for those teams at the bottom, the the uh, teams in the West, they could get eliminated by game two or three, essentially. I, I have concerns just about that bottom of the group once they check out, or teams that are happy with their seeding and really kind of coasting through these eight and impacting the standings in, in, in those ways.
2: Well, you know, you you bring up a valid point. There's 22 teams that are slated to go into the bubble. And what I'll say is um, there's 22 teams because, number one, you play seven or eight exhibition games, um, and that fulfills the league's um, mandated required 70 games with the contracts for TV. If you play 70 games, you get the rest of the money for the rest of the season. A lot of this has to do with money. Okay, so you play those games. Um, You bring in, you ensure that those games are played. Then you have a 22-game playoff or or, or 22 teams rather that are playing. You look at the Western Conference, right? So you look at seed eight. Seed eight, traditionally one through eight goes to the playoffs. You look at uh, Memphis, who's the AC? You look at the difference between 8 and 11. I believe it's a three to three and a half game difference between, say, Memphis and uh, the Portland Trail Blazers. Um, the reason why this, logically, from a basketball perspective, outside of coronavirus and outside of everything else going on, it makes sense because you look at Portland's season. This is a team that played in the NBA's Western Conference Finals last year, right? Right. So, you look at um, their injuries this season. They, they 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 dealt with you know Damian Lillard being hurt, CJ McCollum. They brought in Mello. and they're, they're, you basically give Portland a chance to play for that eighth spot. Uh, but then on the other side, you look at the marketing side. You look at Zion Williamson, right? So everybody and their mom and their mama's mama likes Zion Williamson. They're trying to make him the face. They're trying to heck. They're trying to make him the rookie of the year. Um <laughs> numbers. But you know, it's funny. Charles Oakley told—excuse me. Charles Barkley told me a few months ago, "Man, if they get—if they get that MVP or that Rookie of the Year to Zion over John Moran, I'm going to blow a gasket." But you got to show showcase your top guy. I mean, you saw a trailer for 2K the other day. Zion Williamson is in it. Um, at the end of the day, though, um, you, you got to show off your product because you—because you look at Phoenix. Ain't no way right. Phoenix should be in the playoffs. However, no. to have it in a format where you show it off, Bradley Beal uh, potentially you know traded to the Brooklyn Nets, million dollar question. And you look at you know John Wall, uh, he's healthy, he's got a chance to show why. You know the, the Wizards are, are locked into that contract for a while. You have that, but then also you look at the, um, the, 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 the Orlando Magic as the, the homiest of home teams ever. they the eight seed. So you, you put a nice in there with, 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 with the Washington Wizards. So I think from a basketball Scooby perspective, um, it, it's a basketball fan's dream. It has an NBA Summer League in Orlando, an NBA Summer League in Vegas a uh, 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 feel, except you got the coronavirus. Uh, coronavirus, <laughs> as, Kyrie, as, as, as uh, Cardi B would say, is very real. But um, you would think that it would be a distraction for a few hours for certain people, and it gives the platform. Uh, to replace the Summer Olympics, which have been moved to next year and would have been played around this time.
1: Okay, last two questions I'm going to give to you. Number one, whomever wins this championship, how will they be viewed, particularly if if there are significant top-level players who don't show up uh, on contending teams? And then secondly, it's on the one-year anniversary of the AD trade. I think it's one of the rare trades where everybody won. They got what they wanted. But for the long term, I think the Pelicans won the deal. What What are your thoughts a year later on that as well? Well,
2: it's um, funny you bring that up. So I, I look at it from the perspective of uh, – to, to get a real feel of uh, how much it benefited the Lakers, you asked Magic Johnson, for uh, – who, who you know, was the president of basketball operations back when they were trying to negotiate this deal January and February of last year, and Dell Demps ended up losing his job. And more, I feel for Dell Demps more than anybody. Um, but um, you know, at the point where we are, the Lakers are forty nine and fourteen. You know, Davis, I believe, is averaging somewhere along the lines of twenty six point seven points, nine point four rebounds, and three point one assists. He's also, you know, one point five steals. Has told me that, you know. Defensive player of the year is his goal for the season, and 2.4 blocks per game is definitely within that range. Uh, But when you talk to Magic, Magic said it best. He said to me, when we traded for Anthony Davis, it's made life easier for LeBron. Uh, But LeBron has made life easier for AD as well. I think it's benefited the Lakers in that regard. But also, when you look at the New Orleans Pelicans, objectively, I like the move because I believe that Lonzo Ball is allowed to play freely the way he needs to, and he's got some high flyers he can feed the ball to. Brandon Ingram has had a heck of a season. Um, You know, had health issues last year, has been an all-star this year. um, Josh Hart, the shooter for hire that they needed. um, But also, uh, I think bringing in Lonzo Ball uh, has allowed uh, Zion Williamson to play the way I thought he would. Uh, with a point guard of, of Lonzo Ball's magnitude, a guy who officially announced uh, is a member of, of Rock Nation Sports now in Lonzo Ball. But um, I, I think when you look at the, their, their their chemistry, um, Lonzo Ball fits in a young team, not with old vets looking to win a championship right now like the Lakers. Lonzo Ball, in my opinion, clashed stylistically in a system with LeBron James dominated the ball. He needed to be somewhere else. Um, so I, I like the move. For both teams, um, and I think that the the Pelicans in the long term will be a team to be watching uh, for years to come. The Lakers are the right now team, and um, you know I, I think it's it, it's doing what it needs to do.
1: Yeah, it's rare when you get a superstar trade that works out for everybody. Usually one team walks away with maybe one player, and the superstar goes on and does great things. But I think you're absolutely right in this one. Everybody wins, and particularly Lonzo Ball. I'm like you. I, I was a big Lonzo guy before he got here. I thought he was perfect for this offense, and it's clear that Alvin Gentry loves him too. So I think this is a great destination uh for Lonzo, and I think he wants to be here as long as he and Zion can be really – they could be the next uh Peyton and Kemp. Wow, that's a that's a
2: comparison right there. That's a that's a that's an assessment that I like. I never thought of it like that. Um, Aiton and Kemp. Well, you know what's interesting? I talked to Charles Barkley about this. I told Charles that I believe that Zion play, that plays like him, and he said he doesn't see it. He said he sees more Sean Kemp. Thank you.
1: See, that's I I thought that from jump. I think Zion is like a compact. Sean Kemp, he's got that the footwork, the body work around the room, the elevation, the ability to to come from that weak side and block. Um, And once he gets his handles better, you know, that's the main thing with Zion. His handles have to get tighter. He's never had to dribble through traffic like he's had in the NBA. Um, And he's going to get better defensively. But I I love that. Because especially, too, when I look at Zoe, that length is similar to Gary Payton. He's not the in-your-face defender, but a very good defender. And you see... Like I think there was a stat that came out last week that when Lonzo is the fastest in the league at taking a re- defensive rebound and converting it into points.
2: Yeah, I, I think um, I think you're onto something there, man. That I, I, I'm gonna let that I'm gonna let it when, I, when I when I my, my when I sip my evening a glass of wine, I'm going to be thinking Lonzo, Zion, Peyton, Kemp. Wow, I think the only difference is um, Scoop B Radio Peyton was a combo three four Zion. Where the heck do you put him? It's funny, Nate Robinson said to called. I I talked to Nate Robinson the other day. I wrote an article dropped today at Heavy.com, and Nate Robinson literally said, Zion Williamson is Charles Barkley with Vince Carter legs,
1: (laughs) bro. It's he's a superhero, he's a superhero. B, yeah. thank you so much. I got to let you go. I got Clinton Yates coming up on the other side of this. Tell folks how they can follow you and check out all your work, my man. Subscribe to the Scoopy Radio podcast
2: on all platforms. And we my work at heavy.com. Thanks for having me as always, man. Sorry for the
1: delays. Oh, it's no problem. We'll talk soon. And, and when you get on it, maybe we need to talk about that Kemp Payton thing. <laughs> you, you have my word. All right, brother. This is Scoopy Radio saying, You bring the coffee, and I'll bring the Duncan. Come on. Hold
0: up. What was that?
1: All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my
0: fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues